Do you know that the training wheels of life are there to help you? But yet and still, we want to take them off at our earliest convenience. We're going to talk about it. Let's go. You have reached the I'm Dealing With broadcast. I'm Sean, your host. Today, our subject is doing it my way. We're going to talk right about it. Let's go. Welcome to another edition of the I'm Dealing With broadcast. I'm Sean, your host. Today, we're going to be talking about the subject of doing it my way. Maybe doing it your way, doing it his way, her way. Yeah, doing it my way. Excuse me. There are times when uh, we all must realize that there are things that are in place for a reason. Some things take time. There are procedures. There are changes. There are seasons to everything. And um, I'm going to go back. I mean, I'm going to reach way back. I'm going to open up my backpack and go way back. Yeah, as many of you that have stuck by me ever since uh, season one, matter of fact, the very, very first episodes, I talk about the early days of my childhood in which now I look back and begin to realize the importance of what I learned and what that was for me during that time. So today we're going to reach back again and grab another nugget out of that. Okay. Is that all right with you? All right. So we're going to reach back and we're going to talk about doing it my way. You know, um, during a certain time of my life, especially being younger, you know, we as boys, as ladies, as men, girls, you know, there are many significant times in our life where there was something that was there to be learned. And many times you all know, especially if you're a parent or maybe you're a child, you know, maybe you know, sometimes we think that we know, you know, what we think we know. Only to find out uh, we don't know what we really know. You know, um, you know, there's plenty of times where I just thought, you know, I had it all under my belt. Right. I had it. So. Um, in this segment, we're just going to talk about this. So uh, back in my childhood, there was a place, and I know you've probably heard me talk about it before. It was a place that we uh, called the greenhouse for uh, obvious reasons. It was a place where we grew up. The house was green, and uh, it was green in color. You know, it's popular during this time. You know, it's just what it was. You know, it was a nice size house, you know, for, again, for its time. But we lived on the corner a lot, you know. Uh, we learned a lot there. Uh, had a lot of good uh, playing time there. Had a lot of experience there. And I would say um, one of my experiences was, uh, I'll just talk about this real quick. Um, I had a, uh, a neighbor. Um, he was very close to us, an older gentleman by the name of Mitch. And he, was, and he went by Mr. Mitch. And his thing was he was i mean he was way up in age he was he didn't work um but what he would do was he would uh, walk around the neighborhood and he would go house to house and he'd find um all the houses 
and owners or residents that actually had pets, you know, especially dogs. And he would just feed them, feed them, you know, dog food and dog biscuits and different things. And he was just a genuine, good guy. And we all remember Mr. Mitch because of what he did for the community. You know, he uh, always knew everyone on a first name basis. He knew the parents, he knew the children, he knew, he just knew everyone. And you knew when he was coming by your fence, he was coming to feed your dog. He was coming to feed, you know, the Chihuahua, the Husky, that German Shepherd, whatever you had, even a Cocker Spaniel. I mean, it didn't matter what you had. He was coming by to feed your pets. And it was just one of those things that I, as I look back and I remember now, you know, we, in this dispensation dispensation in time, we don't find people like that anymore, you know, um, you know, because of, you know, sometimes privacy and then, you know, sometimes people just don't have the best uh, intentions, you know, they do one thing when really, they really trying to do something else, you know, so I get it. Um, but as far as real, uh, a goodliness to people, you just don't find as much goodliness in a lot of people that you used to back then. And I, that was one of the things that stuck out to me as I began kind of doing my research and just kind of thinking things over and going back and reaching back into this particular time in my life. So again, so this is the early seventies, early seventies, living in this greenhouse. We had that guy, Mr. Mr. Mitch would come around and feed, again, feed the dogs. We had a lot of neighbors. We had a lot of friends and associates and people we played with. But um, in this particular topic, one of the things that caught my eye, one of the things that I remember so much so is being a young boy um, at, the, at that time and having the neighborhood kids on your block and everybody is doing something fun. And maybe you, um, if you were to think about some of your life, you, there was a time in your life where maybe it was you, your neighborhood kids, maybe family, friends, loved ones, whatever. And there was a time in your life where you were doing something fun. Well, this fun in my life was riding a bike. And I remember when I had gotten my first bike, my father. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about my father again. <laughs> Joe Boob Senior. Well, actually, the second, but... Um, yeah, but yeah, he bought me, uh, my first bike and I remember this bike and, um, it was, um, okay. So I'll just tell you, it, w it wasn't a huff. It wasn't even a huffy. It wasn't a GT, a dyno, wasn't a red line. You know, this goes way back. Right. Um, and it wasn't even from Sears. <laughs> You know, my brother later on got a Sears bike. I didn't even get that, right? Uh, my dad, he went to Kmart, right? And got me, make, they used to call that thing the Kmart special. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, it was interesting because this bike, it was a red, white, and blue. Literally, I'm serious. If I'm lying, I'm flying. It was red, white, and blue. And this bike, uh, during those times, you know, bikes uh, had banana seats, you know. And if you don't know what a banana, banana seat is, it was a real long seat where you can pretty much put two people on it. 
and then it had a bar that went down and connected to your frame. You know, uh, many times um, during these times, you know, the, anything that was really popular along that same line, which was considered the Stingray by Schwinn. But, you know, I got the Kmart special. I didn't, I didn't get a Schwinn, okay? I got the Kmart special, red, white, and blue. Matter of fact, and the frame was baby blue. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me as I think about and ponder this. So think about that look, okay? You're a young boy and you got a red, red white, and blue bike. You know, uh, yeah, it just wasn't um very popular bike i mean yeah i got talked about pretty much it, it wasn't until later on you know i i'm gonna jump ahead real quick but, but we moved later on in life to another area and i still had this red white and blue bike and i told my dad look and i mean i was getting talked about because now i knew moved to a neighborhood where um everyone was you know is predominantly black I mean, even though we had some, you know, a lot of uh, different races and things of that sort, you know, of all different cultures and kinds there. But for the most part, it was predominantly black. And yeah, um, I got talked about like it was nobody's business. And I told my dad, like, look, you got to do something. You have to do something. I can't keep riding this bike. I want a new bike. So this particular day I came home and next thing you know what he decided to do. All of a sudden, my bike was black, so he spray painted it. Okay, I mean it was a lot better, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was still the same red, white, and blue bike. Yeah, I um, I I struggled with it, struggled through it, but uh, we got through it. But anyway, going back now, so let's just go back to the red, white, and blue back on at the uh, the greenhouse. So I am back at the greenhouse, and I have this red, white, and blue bike. It was given to me by my dad. And, you know, I'm sure my mom was involved, too, right? Okay, it's just what it is. But I'm sure it was my dad that really picked it out. <laughs> God. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, but I had training wheels on it, okay? Because at that time, I didn't even know how to ride a bike. See, this day and age, you know, people, you know, you have the Razor scooters. You can start people on. You have these little coaster-type bikes that have no chain, no nothing. It teaches them how to balance. We didn't have that stuff back then, you know, other than a tricycle, like you know, Red White Rider, uh, or radio flyer wagon or something like that but you didn't have like bikes and things that kind of train you you had to literally get out there and learn so i had these training wheels man on on uh, my bike and it was just it was crazy because uh, a lot of my friends were riding riding their bikes like crazy so some were my age some smaller and i mean they were doing awesome and riding their bike and but I struggled I mean I literally struggled so I had training wheels and uh on my bike and you know and because of where we lived we, it was a, a this corner lot so you would you know come down the street and as you turn around it was like a gradual corner as you went past our house so the street actually followed you know our uh the way our lot was or should I say our lot followed the street but so you come down and it was a gradual turn to the right. Okay. So um, what, what we would do as children, or should I say what they would do, because I really wasn't doing it too much unless, you know, I can't even do it on skates because uh, it wasn't even smooth concrete. So, But what some people were doing is they would go up, up the street, probably about five, six, seven houses up, and then turn around and ride down. And, you know, they'd race coming down the street and 
whatever, whether if they're on bikes or whatever uh, that was. And here here I just have a blast. But me, on the other hand, I had training wheels, you know, and that does not work with training wheels. And on top of that, unlike some of the other ones, uh, what I mean by the other ones, the other children, the other boys, uh, we had rules. You know, maybe you all have rules. You know, maybe you, you come from an environment where you actually had rules. Yeah, we had rules that we had to live by, even when we were outside, because, you know, unlike this generation, you know, they come and go and do whatever the heck they want to. And parents pretend like they don't even know or don't care. Um, you know, we've had to play outside, you know, during our time. You know, you, there was no coming inside the house and staying in the house all day. I mean, unless it was raining, but stay inside the house all day, close your door. Nobody knows what's going on. Not going to happen. Didn't happen. And then my mother was home. So we knew, exa- uh, my, my parents knew exactly what was going on with us pretty much all day long, literally. So we had rules. And one of the rules was uh, you had to stay on the sidewalk. You could not ride in the street. You know, it was just what it was. And then on top of that is you could, you could only go so far. And you, and you bet, now I'm going to say it like my my mom would have said then, and you bet not, not better not, you bet not go further than what you're supposed to because it was an automatic, um, how should I say, um, disciplinary action that would take place in the form of you being in pain. That's all I'm going to say. But yeah, um, so yeah, we had... There were there were rules, you know, there's regulations. There were uh, things that you just had to abide by. And if you didn't abide by them, you know, you you paid the cost to be the boss, you know, and that's just what that was. So here I am on my bike trying to learn. But the one thing I did have going for me is I had two awesome teachers, two awesome teachers. Um, and the reason why I call them awesome is because they stuck it out with me for a long time. And one was, you know, the first one was my older brother, uh, Joel, um, who was there to teach me. And, um, the other one was this guy, it was a neighbor. Uh, his name was Sergio Mexican guy, a real cool dude. Um, and he and my brother were real, real tight. So a lot of times when we wanted to go play, we'd go over to Sergio's house. You know, he lived, pretty much lived across the street. we play in his front yard with action figures and Hot Wheels and blah, blah, blah. But um, Sergio knew how to ride a bike real good. And my brother knew how to bike, ride a bike real good. Me, on the other hand, I was struggled. And uh, as you go through life, even now uh if we fast forward and look at where you are if you look over the course of your life you will see that there has been plenty of areas where you have struggled you've seen your counterparts your your uh, significant others uh maybe even your your bosses your associates uh, other businessmen, other content creators, other people who want to be entrepreneurs, maybe other podcasters, maybe other uh, YouTubers, other businessmen and CEOs who are doing something from the ground up, who are thriving and you're struggling. 
you know, and there's a process to everything because what happens to one doesn't always happen to another. The skills that some develop real quick are not always the same type of speed when it happens to me or happens to you. And we have to understand that we all get it in some form or fashion or another. But in my case then, yes, I struggled. But on top of the fact that I knew I was struggling, I also had this confidence in me that um, made me want to ask for something sooner than when I deserved it. Mm -hmm. And many times we go through life and we are asking for things faster we want things you know because it's a microwave to society now you know everything is just like you push a button boom it's done you know you get on social media boom you get a response you you post this picture you know this that and the other and we're looking for immediate responses we're looking for immediate results and we have to understand that there is a process to everything and for me my process was uh was the training wheels and in life, you're going to have this training wheel process. So I but I thought that because I had two great teachers in Joel and in Sergio who would um, be there for me and teach me and kind of guide me and reel me in that I personally thought that I was better than what I really was. So one day I reached out to my father and I asked him to take my training wheels off. Hmm. How many times do we do that? Where we know that we're not as good as we think we are, but we take off the training wheels of life. And that's what I did. I asked him to take off my training wheels. And I believe he even asked me, are you sure? And of course, you know, me being who I am. And you being who you are, sometimes with our confidence, our confidence leads us into what is called arrogance. So it's not necessarily sometimes the confidence that really allows us to propel ourselves forward or hold us back. Many of it, we think it's confidence when in actuality it's arrogance. We think we're bigger than what we are. When in actuality, we can't be honest with where we are. We can't be honest with where we're at. So, yes, I took off my training wheels or had my training wheels removed from my bike. So then now I'm working again with my brother and with Sergio. And, and I mean, as long as they were, you know, behind me and holding the back of that banana seat while I pedaled, I was great. I was great. I mean, I can do what they could as long as they held the seat. But there was a time when, you know, they had to let go. Mm hmm. And sometimes you're going to go through life and think you're better than you are. And but you forgetting that there is someone that's keeping you balanced. There is someone there that's keeping you even keel. There's someone there that keeps you on the right side of correct. But then what happens when they let go? So I am I decided that, you know, I think I'm good. So I decided to walk my bike. I didn't ride it. I walked my bike 
about three to four houses up the street and then decided to turn my bike around. Oh, yeah, yeah I did. I, I, I had gotten to the point to where, you know, I, I don't need anybody else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I heard a famous quote, and I'm sure many of you have heard it. And it says, if you want something fast, go by yourself. But if you want something that sustains you, something that lasts a long time, take someone with you. Because anything that lasts, not only does it take time, it takes a team, it takes people, it takes assistance, it takes help in order to sustain that thing. But when you want to, when you want to do something just fast, you know, you just go by yourself. You, know, you just want something fast, something that's just going to hold you over overnight, maybe for the next minute, three minutes, whatever. Do it by yourself. And here it is. I did it by myself because I just thought that I had it all under control. So, yeah, so I went up three to four houses up the street. I turned my bike around and proceeded to get on the bike. Now, mind you, you know, when you got on the bike, you didn't, you know, it was a different type of frame style for the bike during this time in my life. You know, it was a different frame. It was a different style bike. You know, you didn't have three-piece cranks and alloy rims or or back in the day in the 80s and 90s of Skyways and and all this kind of thing. You didn't have this kind of stuff. You had, you know, the spokes and later and things of that sort. So I get on this bike and what I do, I kind of decide to walk it, walk it enough to kind of get speed. You know, you know, you put your feet down and you try to get it going right before you pedal because I didn't even have the procedure down right to where you put, have one leg on the on the ground balancing it while the other foot is on the crank getting ready to pedal up oh, you see see you see where i'm going with this right when you don't have the proper foundation and fundamentals to handle that thing that you're trying to accomplish you will do things uh shady you'll do things a little janky you'll cut corners and expect awesome results you'll you will try to expect the same results that somebody else did um, based upon them doing it right and following the process but then when you do things shady and cut corners and something doesn't happen the first thing you do is blame others mm, 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 mm. oh yeah 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 um yeah we, we do that we do that, man. We do that with a lot of things. We do that even when you're building your cars. You know, you won't turn those brakes like you should. You won't machine and uh, that head, that cylinder block or whatever. You won't use the proper gasket. You won't use the proper cl- uh, spark plugs or the, the, the proper this, the proper that, maybe the proper carburetor, the proper um, the belts. And we, and we blame others for when things happen. Oh, I... They didn't give me the right part. They didn't do such as well. The truth of the matter is we cut corners a lot of times in the things that we do and we get upset with others because we do not get the correct results. So, yes, I put both feet on the ground and I'm kind of straddling the frame and I'm using both of my feet to just kind of get it going. I'm trying to get it going based upon what I didn't learn based upon my lack of training, based upon 
my self-awareness and or arrogance in myself because again I had it had it all under control because I was going to go at it the way I felt like wanted to go at it I didn't want to take and go through the proper procedure I didn't want to take the time for another week of training, another two days of training. I didn't want to take the time to uh, have someone help me and and show me. See, I was fine going straight. (laughs) It's amazing, you know, um, man, uh, uh, being a grown man now, you know, even in my teenage years, um, of ride later on my motor, you know, motorcycles and dirt bikes and, cars and racing yeah i did some racing a lot of of course you probably heard some of my old stuff yeah i did some racing and um there's a lot of people that are great at going straight oh man they're, they're great they, you, you see them on the freeway think about it if you get on the freeway right now you know there's a lot of people that can drive fast going straight But as soon as a turn comes up, as soon as they need to go around traffic, it's they break hard, gas hard, break hard, gas hard. They wait to the last minute to make the lane changes. They wait to the last minute to do this. They wait to the last minute to turn. They're not in the proper gear to turn on the the course. They're not on it. You know, there's a lot of people that are good at going straight. But as soon as. As a trial comes, as soon as there is a bump in the road, as soon as there is traffic, we have issues because we decide to do it our own way. And here I am on this bike and I, again, putting my feet down. And as I started getting some momentum, (laughs) there's nothing like momentum. When you see momentum happening to you in your business, you and your job, you and your learning, you see this momentum, though you know good and well, you really don't have it like you should. So I'm getting this momentum and I'm pedaling finally, I'm pedaling. And in my mind, I'm yelling. I'm like, you know, I got this. <laughs> yeah, we got this. And I'm going downhill. I pass, you know, I'm at the like the third house, whatever, where I started from. And, I, and I'm getting momentum. I'm now at the second house. And I'm coming up fast to where my house is. But again, my house starts at the fence, the back fence, the yard, because the front of the house is around the corner. (laughs) Guess know where I'm going. Because remember, the hill goes down and you have to make a right turn to get to my house because the street follows my house. So the turn is coming up fast and I just, you know, it's coming up, it's coming up, it's coming up, it's coming up. And there's a turn in your life that now that's coming up fast. There's a turn that's coming up fast. My question to you is how will you handle the turn? 2020 has been a turn for a lot of people. It's been a turn in their homes. It's been a turn in their lifestyle, a turn in their finance, a turn in their business. My question to you is how will you handle now the turn in your life? For me, as this young man and thinking I had it all under control, I was so focused on going straight that I forgot about the turn. And then knowing now the turn is happening, I figured 
I got it. All I got to do is lean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all I have to do is just lean, lean to the right. But the problem is because I focus so much so on going straight, I forgot about the skill that it takes to turn in the corner because it's not enough just for me to lean because I was leaning, preparing to to make this turn in the corner, but I didn't realize and or forgot that. It's not enough to just lean. You have to also turn the handlebars too. Because my body was leaning, but the bike was still straight up and down going straight. Mm. And now I'm trying to figure out why is the bike not turning with my lean? Why is it not not happening? It's because I focus once again on going straight and I took the training wheels off too early because I had yet to go through the class of turning. I have yet to go through the class of hard knocks. I had yet to go through the class of bumps in the road and problems. I had yet to go through the class of issues coming up later, trials in life. I had yet to go through that class, but yet I was confident enough to say, hey, take the wheels off, take the training wheels off because I'm going to do it my way. I don't want to follow the process because I think I got it under control. And yes, uh, yeah, I, I had it under control. All right. I sure did. So, but not only did I um, go up the street and turn the corner, uh, excuse me, turn the bike around to come down the street. What I did was I also made the conscious decision, bad choice, to get off the sidewalk to go in the street. Uh, If you would have heard me earlier, you would have known what the rules and regulations were. You are not for any reason to go into the street. You are remanded to stay on the sidewalk. Mm, and I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I didn't. I, I, I didn't do it because I thought I had it. I got it under control and I violated the rules and regulations that was set before me. So I'm going down the street. I'm trying to turn, but the bike's not turning, but I'm leaning. And next thing you know, I'm yelling for help because the other thing was I didn't realize and or was not taught and or not shown, nor did I ask if there was a time that I ever needed to slow down. Mm. And sometimes life has a way of dishing you so many blows and obstacles and hurdles and jumps and turns and twists that sometimes it's not just in your leaning. It's not just in your turning. Sometimes you have to know when to slow down. And I didn't even know how to slow down because, again, I had it all under control. So I thought. And um, there I am. Not only am I not turning, I'm also in violation of a rule. I'm also unlearned and I do not know how to slow down. So basically, 
I am coasting and flying out of control. And many times in our lives, we are just out of control. We're out of control in our decisions. We're out of control in our mindset, in our thinking. We're out of control in our businesses. We're out of control in our relationships. We're out of control as being fathers and spouses and examples. We're just out of control because it all started with the simple fact that we decided to take the training wheels off whereby we needed to leave them on because we have yet to learn the processes and skills to lead without them. And here I am out of control. I'm out of control on this bike. I'm just completely out of control. And next thing you know, I am asking and screaming for help because I can't turn. I can't slow down. And now there is a curb with a fence behind it coming up because I'm about to run into a problem. Not only am I in a problem, the new problem just presented itself and there's no way for me to escape it. And in this, I begin to look around. Everybody's watching me and people are trying to ride as fast as possible to get to me to try to help me slow down. But they're not there fast enough. So what ends up happening to me is I hit the curb. I hit it hard. I hit it fast. And it was painful. And the cares of life have a way of making you hit things that are painful. We make decisions and the marriage is painful. The divorce is painful. We make decisions and the child rearing is painful. We make decisions in business and the business is painful. Because we don't prepare for education, certain things in life are painful. Because we don't listen to our parents, because we don't listen to our bosses or people that we're in charge of, because we don't take wise counsel, we do things our own way. We run into painful things that cause us pain and agony. And yes, I was in pain, so much pain, so much so that I not only flew off the banana seat forward, but I hit the gooseneck. Yes, somebody, I hit that gooseneck and the nether region was not happy. Oh, I was in so much pain. I hit that nether region so hard that I was holding my stomach and on the floor. I was in so much pain. And um, not only that, because those type of bikes back in those days, they had these horseshoe handlebars. So I hit the nether region down below, you know, just south of the equator and my head hit the fence that was behind. So not only did I get hurt once, I got hurt twice because there is pain associated when you decide to do things your own way without counsel. There's pain associated when you decide not to listen. There's pain associated when you decide to break rules and violate processes. So there's a lot of pain that happened. 
yeah, there's a lot of pain. There's so much pain. Matter of fact, I'm holding my stomach right now. Even thinking about it, it's just so much pain. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. And then while I'm hurting, and it, and I believe at the same time I hit the gooseneck, at the same time I hit my head, I had already been screaming for help. And while I'm in pain, I'm hearing my mother yell from the front doorstep and she was not happy. Now, mind you, she was concerned about my well-being. But her next thing was, first of all, why were you in the street in the first place? (laughs) Man, I tell you. And let me tell you, so not only was I in pain. Not only did my head hurt, not only did my nether region, my, my, my south of the equator hurt, I knew that there was punishment that was coming. I knew on top of that that I would have to pay again for the decisions that I made. And some of you right now are going through life and doing some things and you're in pain because of decisions you've made. You're in pain because uh, you made decisions in life that maybe weren't the best ones. Maybe you made these decisions out of sometimes out of spite, sometimes out of revenge. Sometimes you make decisions um, because there's an unlearned process. Maybe you didn't know about the process. Maybe you decided to take the training wheels off early. And I'm here to let you know that there is a pain associated in life when you decide to do things your own way. There's a pain associated when you decide not to follow procedures and protocols. Every single day of my life, there is a decision that that I have to make. And hopefully, I make the right decisions. And hopefully, you make the right decisions. But anytime I've ever gone about things my own way, without counsel, without help, without wisdom, I end up paying for it. And I want you to do better in what you're doing. Thank you for listening to the I'm Dealing With broadcast. I'm Sean, your host. Stay tuned for our next available episode. And as always, be blessed. Take care.